It's harder to quit drinking. It's harder to quit smoking. You know, it's harder to be disciplined. It's harder to go to the gym, but it's more rewarding. It will be more rewarding afterwards. That's what I say to people. People are destroying their lives and giving up a lot more reward for short-term comfort. There's a defense for every offense. My next guest needs no introduction. Barrister, motivational speaker and social media superstar, Ahmed Yaqub is renowned for spreading advice related to mindset, faith, personal and professional empowerment, having amassed a global online following of over 100,000 people. The most famous criminal lawyer in the UK right now, Ahmed is known for imparting his wisdom, insights and experience of going from school dropout to representing some of the most high-profile individuals accused of everything from drug trafficking, robbery, possession of firearms, the list goes on. In this very special episode, we go deep into his early childhood, his thoughts on some of the most controversial topics right now, to what it takes us to succeed in today's highly competitive world. This is the Behind the Wheel podcast, and sitting in the driver's seat today is the one and only Ahmed. Yakub, how you doing, bro? I'm okay, alhamdulillah, but I like the introduction. Thank you very much. How are you? I'm good, man. It's an absolute honor to have the opportunity to sit here and, and talk to you, man. I've been following you for a while. And Thank you. Um, I truly believe that who we are today is the result of the foundations that were laid when we were young and those early life experiences. Talk us through some of those early childhood experiences and how that helps to explain who you are today. One thing is for sure that my father brought me and my siblings up by telling us stories of his childhood and how he was brought up in Pakistan, in Kashmir. They didn't have shoes to go to school. They didn't know where the next meal was going to come from. You know, having meat. Uh, was uh, like a celebration. So I was brought up with them kind of stories. And then I saw my father do very well, exceptionally well, for a person that's come from Pakistan with no education, with no support from family. My father did exceptionally well. But what I got from it, what I took away from my dad is hard work. You have to work hard there's no such thing as good luck and instilled inside me also is not to spend money you know just for no reason for the sake of it look after your money save money today money will save you tomorrow uh, so all these you know my father you know big influence in my childhood and of course my life so did yeah. you appreciate at the time when you're young at the time it? you don't really appreciate it that much but as you get older uh, i think it's, it's a cycle of life isn't it i don't know by yourself but as you get older your mindset changes you your opinions change so as you get older you realize who's important what's important you realize when your mom and dad used to say you know, these friends are no good for you. They were right, you know. At that time, we were like, no, no. But they were right. The only people who actually genuinely want you to do good and they will be happy if you do better than them are your mom and dad. There's no one else. There's no one else in this world. 
it brings me on to my next point, which is around, I, I was reading through the comments that people had left following your interview with the um, Blue Tick show. They're really interesting. I mean, the, the predominant theme, the first 10 comments was, quote, unquote, it's amazing that someone who's come from the ends is talking about the stuff that we're going through. For me, when I look at your life, when I read about it, I can't help but feel like your background, how you grew up, you could have gone in either one of two directions. The direction of crime, of hostility, of danger, and the life you lead now. When you reflect on your experience of growing up, what would you say pushed you towards the direction you're in now as opposed to a very tempting life that you might have had been exposed to when you were younger? Yeah, it was tempting. Of course it was tempting. When you're 18 and you're going to college and then you see people your age driving R32s, Golf GTIs, BMWs, you'd be thinking, you know, I wish I had that. What are these guys doing? When you knew, you know, what they're doing was wrong. They were doing crime. They were selling drugs, whatever. But at that time when we were kids, we'd look at them and think, you know what? Man, he's killing, he's making money. But then now I realize that, no, alhamdulillah, I was doing the right thing all along and the reason for that is one thing i've been doing since i was very young is praying and it's just been instilled inside me i fear the lord i think that's a big factor in why i didn't choose the life of crime or do what other people were doing at the time that i was growing up i fear the lord i fear the lord i know we are going to be judged many people as they get more wealthier as they become more successful, they get tempted into everything else apart from worship and prayer. To hear someone say that, you know what, despite everything that I've got today, I still go back to my Lord and I'm still humble is pretty amazing, man. Um, they succumb to the devil, brother. See, wealth means nothing. If you don't have no faith inside you, wealth is nothing. So a lot of What is it that faith gives you, man? Power, confidence protection knowing no matter what if the lord wants me to get through this i will get through this uh, which i guess must be rather needed in your life of course i deal with proper hardened criminals not these little gangsters on the road like you know you see or you see videos of little gangsters rappers and stuff not these people i deal with proper real hardened criminals so i know what they're like and i do need faith to get through all of that i see a lot of stuff but I think everybody needs faith. Everyone needs faith, not just myself. How did the initial interest in law come about? The initial interest in law came about when one of my close friends, very close friends, was arrested and charged and convicted ultimately for attempted murder. That's when it first started because I followed his case closely. I felt he was misrepresented. So that's what got me into law because I followed his case, you see. And I felt he was misrepresented. I felt if there was a better legal team, he wouldn't have lost three or four years of his life uh, because he got sentenced to nine years. So you have to save half of that time. Now, now for violent offences, you have to save two thirds. Um, back then, it was half. Did you ever like have this sense of self-doubt in that moment where you thought, you know what? Yeah, I want to do justice to people who have gone through something similar, but who am I? Like, how can I be that person? I've never doubted myself i've always had the mindset that if someone else can do something then you can do it they are human 
they worked hard all you have to do is work hard have the same work rate and if it's been done before it can be done again if it hasn't been done before it can also be done because it's the first time for everything that's my mindset it's been like that from day one Where's brother that come from bro i don't know brother alhamdulillah I've, I've had that mindset you know so you know when we was growing up as kids even as kids you know i've come with one of my friends today he's been around me since we was kids and he'll tell you the way i used to speak when i was a child i'm going to do something very big i'm going to smash it you know you had that even as a kid as know? a kid i had big dreams alhamdulillah i was a naughty kid growing up and everything like that in school and stuff like that uh, i've got i got expelled from school and all sorts but i knew i knew whatever i do i would do it to my fullest potential and the lord will help me no matter what because i've had that connection with the lord from day one literally when i was a little baby so i've had that connection as long as i work hard i don't take nothing for granted i show gratitude which alhamdulillah i try to show i can't i can't do enough there's never enough showing gratitude because the lord gives us too much too much forget about the wealth forget about everything else money cars wealth family you know i've got alhamdulillah beautiful wife i've got four kids uh, i've that got a sense of gratefulness man i've, I've got, got eyesight all of us like all of us we're, we're forgetting it we we forget everyone forgets and we're guilty of everyone guilty of that why do we why do we forget the devil makes us forget the devil whispers and we listen to the whispers we completely forget i'm guilty of it sometimes it happens you know we forget uh, to be grateful but faith seems to bring you back like it it, it seems like when you pray it brings you, you back you, you you come back and i think 100% if there's anyone out there who's listening who who will be listening and is wondering why should i start praying and that's probably one of the biggest things that they can take away today which is it brings you back to that sense of gratefulness gratefulness and and the thing is no this is what i say to everyone no matter what you are doing don't let go of your prayer don't let go of that connection with god because that's the only connection you have with god a lot of people barely pray a lot of people pray five times a day a lot of people go to the masjid and pray their prayers more than a couple of times a day a lot of people pray the all five of their prayers in the masjid them are the people who got the most connection to the lord alhamdulillah one day i want to be like them that success that success yeah, yeah, yeah. when the lord calls them every day five times to their Physically house that that success that is success and inshallah one day i will be amongst them people inshallah inshallah your grades at school weren't weren't exactly the best what was that, that? <laughs> <laughs> i'm just a few podcasts man um what was the yeah. was there a particular turning point for you oh, i think it was that yeah that yeah. I, th- i think it was that yeah and during the time another family uh, not a family member a family friend uh, was arrested and um charged with a big case i don't want to go into it and i was at a solicitor's firm just for moral support along with the family members of that guy and the solicitor mentioned some fees and the family agreed straight away took him literally 20 22 23 minutes to convince these guys to pay you know a very at that time it still is a very big sum of money and i thought to myself if that guy can do it no offense to him but i can do it better and then just building on that you said you said in in an interview with um legal cheek that your dad he took you to a law firm and basically said this boy here is going to work for free yeah you guys uh just just take him <laughs> yeah so exactly um, that's exactly well in other words it happened so he took me to a firm 
And of course, the, I'm grateful of that p- person, that guy who gave me the opportunity. See, sometimes opportunities, people think the opportunities are, yeah, I'm going to get a job, I'm going to get paid this much, and then I'm going to get a rise. You know, that's a rat race. That's that's that, that's not opportunity. An opportunity that I saw at that time, I need to get into a law firm. Yeah. So that's what I told my dad. I would tell them I don't want to get paid. I'll make the tea. I'll do what I like. Whatever the guy wants me to, I'll do everything. You know, I'll be the tea boy. I'll do whatever. I just wanted to get in there. It's it's huge. I mean, that if <laughs> if there's anyone out there who's struggling, literally cold calling twenty possible places of work that that interest you, and say, look, I'm going to work for free. I'm going to work my ass off to the point that you've got no choice but to employ me at the end. Having that mindset is pretty spectacular man mm. and one that not many people actually have today people always have this kind of this transactional thing where like yeah i'll do this if you, you pay can me do this yeah see that kind of mindset don't get you anywhere that kind of mindset is you're going to be average you're not going to be amongst the, the successful you're not going to be amongst the great people and you're going to be able to be uncomfortable life's not all about comfort zones life life is about getting out of your comfort zone mm-hmm. you know and sometimes People forget that no one grows when they're when they're on the sofa when they're in bed. Look, you know, you, you have to throw yourself in the deep end. So the only option you have is to swim out of there, <laughs> regardless if you know how to swim. If you try in real life, try in real life. If you don't know how to swim, or get someone who doesn't know how to swim, check them in. Not in outside somewhere in a lake or somewhere, but in a swimming pool in yeah. a controlled environment. Yeah. Chuck them into a swimming pool and see what they do. They'll swim their way out. I've seen it with my kids. That's how I taught my kids how to swim. Chuck them in the pool, stand there, and say, now go on, kick your feet. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know? They say that some of the lowest points in our life can be the most profound because it, it, it gives you everything you need, the motivation to get out of it. What was the lowest point for you? The lowest point uh, will probably be when... Um, I think when my 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 first son was born, I did I wasn't financially very secure, and at one point when I had taken over Maurice Andrews Solicitors, I remember I was very upset because I thought that it's going to close down six months after I've taken. Well, if I recall correctly, you had a, a tiny amount of money left in the bank. And you were you were in the overdraft, Murphy, 15, like pretty I had fifteen hundred pound left off my overdraft, so I had a fifteen thousand pound overdraft, and I had spent. Thirteen and a half thousand oh pound God. after overdraft, and then Alhamdulillah, you know, a case came in. I made eight thousand pound, and then slowly but surely, you oh know, I am where I am. Alhamdulillah, God's been, you know, God's blessed me, man. When you look back on that experience, yeah. apart from faith, what made you say, you know what, I'm not going to give up? Because it would have been easy to give up in that moment, right? I mean, a lot of people do give up, brother. But the thing is, this now, you only fail at something if you don't try or if you quit. If you try and you give it your best shot and you fail, then that's different. You're only guaranteed to fail if you don't try, yeah? Mm-hmm. So if I said to myself, done, after six months, it's not enough. This is what I say to people. I met someone a couple of weeks ago. I went to have a haircut and there's a there's a law firm next to the barbershop. I know that person and I spoke to him. He looked very tired and I said, are you okay? We spoke and he goes, I'm very tired. I went to police station last night. He's complaining. Oh, we should be lucky that you're going to a police station, first of all, for work purposes. And secondly, mate, you've been doing it for one, two years. I've been doing what you're doing for 10, 11 years now, and I've not complained a single day, a single day why the Lord has put me in this position 
And the Lord has put you in that position that you're in. So stop complaining. And you have to do something. It's called longevity. You know, who can do it the longest? Yeah. A lot of people make a bit of money. And then, you know, all of a sudden you see a decline, they start going down. But who can do it the longest? You know? I think I think we have this victim mentality, right? You know, like, why me? Why am I the horrible one? Why am I the one that is unlucky? Why me? Why me? And you just, it's such a stupidly ill-serving cycle. It's called the entitlement trap, brother. There we go. Yeah. 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 It's called the entitlement trap. A lot of people think that they are entitled to certain things and people have to go out their way to help them it doesn't work that way the world's not that doesn't work that That's way a recipe for life's the life's doesn't work that way i've noticed the harder i work the luckier i get so it's not about luck it's, it was never about luck i'm not lucky i'm blessed it's a one word change but it changes the entire meaning of course it does of uh, of the whole mindset i mean hmm. what keeps you going man it's called discipline brother see a lot of people uh, are motivated Motivation is very short term. Yeah, you can only be motivated for a couple of weeks, a month, two months, one year. Discipline is what keeps you going. Doesn't matter how I feel, that doesn't matter. If I have to go to work, I have to go to work. I have to get up, I have to go and pray. That is a routine that I have instilled inside me now, and it's discipline, dedication. You know, do you feel like it's harder? When you are your own boss. Yes, but I would not have it any other way. Alhamdulillah. Because I think the responsibility um, with me, I'm responsible for whatever my staff do, isn't it? So if my staff mess up a case, I'll be responsible. So you have that stress lying over your head as mm -hmm. well. And mm -hmm. if they, uh, you're babysitting your staff at times as well. So the hustler eventually has to die for the CEO to appear. You get it? So I'm very, not fully, fully involved in my business, but I am involved and I would like to be less involved so I can do other stuff. You know, I'm trying to free up myself. You, you mentioned the difference between motivation and um, discipline and the idea that motivation only, just only gets you so far, right? What, what practical things do you do that you could impart to those people out there who are looking to build discipline but don't know where to make a start? See. Build discipline. You have to kill your distractions first of all. I don't mean kill them as in physically go kill them. You know, some people's distractions are women, some people's distractions are drugs, mm -hmm. some people's distractions are video games, you know, some people's distractions are just sitting in one place and talking about all sorts of bullshit, you know. So you have to have a tunnel vision. Yeah. To do anything, they have to go regardless to be successful in life. I'm a strong believer in that, to be fair. You know, God's given us a gift, uh, a body, you know, we can't poison it, to be fair. Mm. You know, everyone has uh, their weaknesses, but, you know, there's a limit to everything, to be fair. That's, that's what I believe. So, first of all, that, and you must pray. You have to pray. It's a very good point, right? You know, that's probably one of the most simplest things that one can do to build discipline. Just pray your namaz on time. Pray your namaz on time, man. That's discipline itself. Five times namaz. My day's more or less been the same for the last 10 years. Really? Yeah. How does that help you? It helps me. I mean, I've got a mindset that no matter what, no matter how I feel, I have to go and get things done. I am the provider. 
of my family. I am the man. I have no plan B. I have no one to fall back on. I am plan A and plan B. You, you kind of got no choice. <laughs> got no choice. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Which again goes back to saying about getting rid of distractions. If you get rid of them, you've got no choice but to but to not. Yeah. And look, it's easy to get distracted. It's easy to go and party all night. It's easy to stay in bed. Distractions are easy, very easy. Easy to get involved in the wrong crowd. Easy to start smoking. Easy to start drinking. Harder to quit. It's harder to quit drinking. It's harder to quit smoking. You know, it's harder to be disciplined. It's harder to go to the gym, but it's more rewarding. It will be more rewarding afterwards. That's what I say to people. People are destroying their lives and giving up a lot more reward for short-term mm -hmm. comfort, which doesn't make sense to me. This is what I say to my kids. One of my kids is a boxer. And I said to him, sometimes you may want to just stay home and play video games whilst you're going to the gym and sparring and getting punched in the face. But guess what? those people who are playing the video games will still be there after you finish gym and come back. They will still be online because guess what? They've got no tunnel vision. They've got no ambition in life. They're not disciplined like you guys. I want you to be different from the others. You know, I want you guys to be savages. This day and age, the kids are very soft. Very, say, very like, soft. Do you, do you feel like it's harder in this generation? When it's very, got... very hard. Even the parents find uh, make it very difficult. I see, I've seen it my own self. You'll see a little kid, he'll fall on the ground and, you know, he'll start crying and the mom or the dad will be like, are you okay? Are you all right? Are you all right? If that's me, I'll look, you know, with the naked eye, I'll check if it's okay. There's no blood, no nothing, no bruises. I can mm -hmm. see, you can see, yeah. okay? If the kid's crying, listen, it's okay, shut up. Carry on walking, they'll pick the kid up, they'll say, oh, it's a, you know, they're softening, they're softening their own kids, they're putting them at a disadvantage, you know. I've seen my kids, my kid is an amateur boxer, yeah, they have head guards, but sometimes he gets punched in the nose, he starts bleeding, he bleeds quite easily, and it's normal. So I've got a one and a half year old daughter, right? Good, mashallah. You know, she's amazing, right? What's her name? Zara. Mashallah. Um, I grew up in a very deprived part of the world in London, in Southeast London, horrible place, right? I, I, where, where I was growing up, I'd walk up the stairs, I'd see like heroin users, like little, literally, literally syringes on the, on, the, on, the concrete, on the concrete steps, right? I'd see all sorts. It's a horrible place. But when I look back at my experience of growing up, it made me who I am today. I, I'm in a position where I don't need to lead that life anymore. I can, you know, I live in a safe neighborhood, everything is fine. But I often wonder, to what degree am I... <clears throat> doing an injustice to my children or to my daughter in this case, bringing up children in an environment that is so, that gives them everything, right? You can't, you can't replicate your crappy neighborhood, but how do you take those lessons that you grew up with by being in that crappy neighborhood when yourself, you know, you've obviously, you, 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 you're in a place where you don't have to go through those same struggles as you did when you were younger. How do you instill that in your kids, man? You speak to them, don't you? Uh, there was an alcoholic. He had two sons. Yeah. One became an alcoholic. One became a successful businessman. They were spoken to. The alcoholic was asked, why did you become an alcoholic? Mm. He said, because my father was an alcoholic. The other one, the successful one, the wealthy businessman, was asked, why did you become an alcoholic? 
His reply was exactly the same because my father was an alcoholic. Wow, the exact same reason. Exact same reason. But they just flipped it. They, just... they flipped it. When I'm driving in my Lamborghini and I see people, I do take my kids sometimes through my old neighborhood and I see people that I know. You do that, yeah? Yeah, of course I do. Some of them, you know, I see them, they're in a bad way. They're taking heroin. They're begging. Some of them are begging. I've seen a few of people I grew up with are begging. And I said, it's either this, you know, you're in a 280,000 pound supercar. We're driving to a million pound house. Or oh, it's that, you know. Actually exposing them. It kind of goes back to what you are saying earlier. Choose. About, um, was it your father that, that took you to, to Pakistan? And, and, and you saw firsthand. I saw it, how difficult it was. Yeah. My father told me exactly how he grew up. My father told me when he was Eid, that's when, you know, like I said earlier, that's when they used to eat meat. Unlike every day. It was know. an occasion. Yeah. You know, yeah. other kids have Uber Eats nowadays. <laughs> yeah. You know? Alhamdulillah, you know, that's what's ever blessed, man. It's a really Bless. good point. I mean, I'm, I'm going to definitely bear that in mind. Bless. You know, um, give them to give that sense of every now and then just remind them. Remind, of course, you have to remind them. I This is what goes through my my. Mind when I'm, you know, sometimes, you know, everyone, every, every, everyone does it. You know, everyone's guilty of forgetting. And, you know, I'll go and spend money you know, unnecessary with something I don't need. And I'll think, oh, you know, what, what would my dad think? And then it stopped I, me from doing a lot of stuff. You know what? It's so true. It, I, I can think of many times where I've thought about buying something that is just not needed. It, come but on. In I, the back of your mind, you think, if, if my dad saw this, I know I'd get a bollocking. He'll be like, angry. He'll get angry. He'll get angry. Of course. You know, um, he won't get angry. He'll get upset. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. He won't be angry. He'll be exactly. upset. Exactly. Two different things. Exactly. Because as you get older, it's more. And that hurts more. That when your more. parents are disappointed in you, oh, no. that hurts way more That's than just more. getting a slap in the face. Oh, no. I'd, oh, no. I'd have a slap any other day apart from... I'd rather have a slap. Now, 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 I'd rather have a slap than my mom and dad not talking to me. Yeah, or exactly. Or to be like, you know, upset 100%. with me. Um, you've probably answered this before in other podcasts, but um, have you have, have had to defend a client who, who you personally believed was guilty? See, it's not for me to believe or form an opinion whether somebody's guilty or not guilty. It all depends on the evidence. You know, I look at the evidence, I will advise the clients whether the evidence I feel is strong or weak. And if I if I feel the evidence is weak, I'll say to them, listen, you have a trial and I feel that you will be found not guilty. If the evidence is strong, I'll say the opposite. It's your life. It's your mm. choice. You have to make the decision. I follow your instructions mm -hmm. and I will present your case in the best light possible and hope for the best. But prepare for the worst yeah always just just building on that um mm -hmm. what's one of the most the, the the common legal strategies that you tip it i mean I'm, I'm sure you can't give away your your tips the trade no, i can't give my tip away. i try to look out always uh for loopholes if the prosecution have done the job properly or not there's always applications we can make for disclosure mm, i like to get proper disclosure so i can advise my client properly so if the prosecution, for example, save a chart, I will request the material that they used to create that chart. So I'm going for disclosure all the time. I make the CPS work hard, you know, and that helps always. It helps, you know, when the CPS know that a proper lawyer is on the case now. Who's really on it. Uh, who's really on it and who will uh, point out our flaws and our mistakes. That's one of my strategies. And the other strategy is I always keep close to the case, you know. I, I advise my clients, you know, I can only advise, I can't tell them what to say. But 
I advise them, look, if something's black and white, something's black and white, you can't change it. For example, if you're in a certain place, hypothetically speaking, if you are in a certain area and you're caught on CCTV and the prosecution are saying you were there for a uh, drug deal, but however you were there for something completely innocent, that you don't need to go and say, I wasn't there. Yes, I was there, but for something innocent, this is a hypothetical scenario. So mm. I like to keep mm. very close to the prosecution case. And I don't like to put forward stupid defenses, you get it? Yeah, so yeah, yeah. if my client is putting forward a stupid defense, you know, I will interfere. And, uh, you know, it's up to them whether they want to use me or not, you get it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know? You mentioned the CCTV, right? Um forensic science techniques digital evidence you've talked a lot about on your videos about your your, your, your phone being phone the phone to. i mean what what can you just just discuss the impact of these advancements on 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 criminal defense and your job right now to what degree does it impact your ability to see this is this is this is the police the police force's best friend Okay, if they have your phone and they manage to get into your phone, like I said, technology has advanced to degrees that even if you don't provide your PIN number, the police can still get into your phone. And once they're in it, look, they're in that's like a computer now, locations. They know where you've been, messages, they know who you're contacting, contacts, they know who you're chatting to, WhatsApps, your internet history. And they can use that. Of course, they can use every single thing. Your internet history, your internet search history. I represented a guy uh, for a murder case, manslaughter, conspiracy to rob it was, uh, where unfortunately the victim died. And my client stated, look, he had nothing to do with it. But the CPS used his chat history, sorry, his web history, search history, where he had Googled um, how does someone get charged with a conspiracy to murder so they use that they use that wow so uh, a lot of times i've seen people you know with minimal evidence minimal evidence but when the police have taken their phone they've got the evidence so that's the, the main tool in a criminal case right now is the mobile phone what's the common thread bro you've met so many of these people right who have been accused mm -hmm. whether or not they did the crime or not you've spent countless hours sitting in front of these people yeah finding out about them yeah is there a common thread that you find that somehow explains the situation that they're in no uh well uh, maybe i mean in terms of the criminal why the reason behind why they chose the criminal lifestyle mm. probably mainly yes uh it's sometimes it's peer pressure most of the time, a lot of people I know, they don't even do it for the money because they come from wealthy families. Really? Yes, I know people who come from wealthy families. That's interesting, man. But they are drug dealers and they only do it for that fame. Yeah, my man's a drug dealer. Really? Big deal, man. So what if you sell drugs? It doesn't make you clever. You can do a hundred other things to use your head. Allah spans, Allah, the Lord has given you a mind. Use that mind properly and you can make a lot more money, you know? Without getting into danger. As without well. getting into danger. Without putting your family into danger. Let's talk social media, man. Yeah, man. Um, obviously, you're 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 very very well known in the online space, mainly because when I look at your videos, I feel like I get an insight into your world, and I get this very unfiltered view into some of the people that you are working with, and it 
often these people and their stories are hidden behind you know court documents and courtrooms and yeah. for the first time ever people are actually getting a feel for like this world that you're in how do you reflect on your experiences in terms of your success on these platforms and and what would you say has been quite crucial to generating the amount of awareness and engagement see i i think my main the selling point is the way i am to be fair i'm just you just you man i'm just me i'm just <laughs> whatever it says on the tin i don't try to be someone else i don't try to put on an accent just to look clever that's not me it depends it all matters about what's here and i think people like me because of that to be fair there's a lot of people other people on the internet which people don't like you uh, get it why, why, why do you do it because there's so many other you know criminal lawyers out there who yeah. are probably operating in yeah. who are invisible they are yeah, of course what 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 we doing you know what? i'm actually going to i'm going to i'm going to put myself out there to be fair because i was in birmingham i was doing very very well alhamdulillah i was doing very well with that even being on social media of course i had my instagram account and that but just just to post pictures no videos or anything like that so i was doing very well as it is alhamdulillah but i thought to myself look i need to be national you know and there's a lot of people i see on the internet that just clowning about you know what i mean and they're gaining followers they're gaining popularity why can't i talk sense let's tell people about law let's motivate people as well you know because where i've come from what i've done alhamdulillah if i can do it other people can do it too you know yeah i mean because it's it's very easy to just focus on your life and focus on your goals exactly. and this desire to want to actually bring people up with you that's the thing brother you can do the real man is someone who looks out for others as well isn't it you can do anything yourself it's easy it's easy but a real boss someone who makes sure everybody around him yeah. eats nicely you know what i mean so uh, i've been that sort of person from day one alhamdulillah so i, I do want to genuinely help people so a guy yesterday you know just the last couple of weeks yesterday i got a phone call back from him came to me see me about a week ago and he was very defensive his brother had just been locked up for attempted murder and he was very defensive when he was speaking to me and i had to stop him you know whilst we're talking because he can tell i can sense negative energy i can sense it you know alhamdulillah allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given me that sort of sixth sense i can sense it nobody has to tell me what they think it i can tell the way they're speaking mm. i can tell the way they're looking you know alhamdulillah so the guy was being very negative very defensive and i stopped him your brother is on remand because he is accused of shooting someone in the chest in a public place not my fault so that stopped him in his track so I says please speak to me properly his tone totally changed he phoned me yesterday and he said let me tell you something baba I go what he said i was of the view everyone's telling me this guy's a tiktok superstar this guy's this this guy's this he's all about the money he won't care about your brother's case because you've seen him twice since he's been inside i just want to say thank you wow you've given him time and you know he's very happy from you wow. with the advice that you've been giving him and the same people who were saying this to me their mouths have been shut up that's only a week you know yeah, so yeah, alhamdulillah yeah. you know if your heart's clean yeah yeah, yeah. allah subhanahu will show that to the world that's what i say if you're a good person you don't need to prove it to anybody as long as the lord knows the lord knows what's in your mind what's in your heart 
as long as the Lord knows, you don't need to prove you're a good person to anyone. If someone thinks you're a bad person, let them think it. If someone goes and spreads rumors about you and says bad stuff about you, let them say sooner or later Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will show people what you're like. I can testify to the fact that you are literally the same person that I've been seeing on my phone for the last countless number of weeks. And I think Yeah, but I, man, I never I never tried to be something that I'm not. Yeah. I hate when people try to do that. I've seen people that grew up, you know, in similar areas as me and Hello, you're right. You're right, set. You know, shut up, brother, man. Talk to me properly, bro. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. They become someone else. Yeah. They try. They they think. Yeah, they think. Yeah, they think, exactly. and they just put in an act. Exactly. You know, when somebody's active, I can tell straight away. You know, I can't stand arrogant people. I can't stand people who think too much of themselves. You know, you can be a bit flashy. Why not? If you got money, spend it. You can spend your money. You have a nice car, have a nice house. Don't be arrogant. We're, we're nice because you don't be arrogant. You're not better than anybody exactly, else. Exactly. You're not better than anybody else. You know, treat everyone with respect. For me, that that comes from my growing up. Growing up, like, man. You know, the, the values that my dad taught me. Like my, my dad taught me, you know, it's embarrassing if you start to act like a dick to people. It boils down to this. I was a naughty kid when I grew up. One thing I did know, though, is you have to be nice to everyone around you. If you want to achieve something in life, you have to be ev- nice to everyone around you because one day you may go into business and they may be your customers. If you talk to them with arrogance, you know, are they going to come back to you? No. Which person who is disrespected will come and buy a mm. service of you or a product of you? It doesn't work that way. People think deja vu is this magical and thing. Either. It's like, it just makes sense. Like Of course it makes sense, man. <laughs> you get out what you put in. <laughs> yeah, exactly, Simple. Man. The world. You want to achieve something in life, you be nice to people. If you're an arsehole, you know, uh, with always, always angry, can't be nice to everyone. Listen, people got their own lives to live, man. They don't care about you. They just won't speak to you again. You know, be nice to everyone. It doesn't cost you anything. Exactly. It's it's exactly it's free. No, it's free I mean, man. you you, you do a lot of um, a lot of it's videos, free. man, and um, yeah. And uh, you've talked about CPS. Yeah, what about CPS, man? What about the money? Corruption. Look, there's there's there's, there's a lot of stuff going on. Uh, I'm not going to go deep into anything. I was involved in one case. This is something that I've not spoken about before on any podcast. I think where my clients' uh, legal visits, not legal visits, family visits, sorry, they were recorded. You know, That's breach of human rights. They were recorded. You know, we bought certain stuff up in court. A police officer was cross-examined in one of my cases because of that very reason. Right. right. He fainted in court. So if you check up on Birmingham Mail, you'll find out what case I'm talking about. Birmingham Mail or the Times, I think it was, you'll see in the paper. The guy collapsed in court. You know, sometimes uh, they do expose themselves, sometimes we expose them. And uh, a recent case that I had, there's been three trials on it already. Right now, it's involving police corruption. The, my client is involved with an ex-police officer, ex-police sergeant, and... Of course, they're prosecuting an ex-police officer. He's on the, on the charge of a conspiracy to cause misconduct in a public office. So there's four four defendants on there, including that police officer. And after the prosecution case has finished, they've given uh, the speeches and everything. We've managed to establish, we've managed to uh, work out that they were wrong all along. And they now agree with us that they were wrong. But they've to- told the jury something completely different now. 
So the jury had to go away to oh, get it. Wow. So now we're going to get a new trial. Oh, man. It's going to be a fourth trial now. My God. Fourth trial. The cost payers pocket. This is all going from legal aid, cost payers pocket. Not my but fault. This is, but this is an ongoing not, theme though, right? It's in ongoing the that, I mean, it's, it's, not, it's, it's not a secret that there are doubts on the relationship between the CPS and the police. I mean, it, of course it's, it's not. Uh, they, they work together. They work together. Of course they work together. And, but the police need to understand. Uh, I mean, I've got no no issues with the police. I actually like the police. If my house was burgled, you know, I would phone the police, you know. Uh, if my wife was robbed, uh, she would phone the police, you know. Uh, my car gets taken, I would phone the police. So I've got no issue with the police. The police job is simply to investigate a crime. They then pass the case over to the CPS, and they of course prosecute. It's their job to prosecute, isn't it? So they 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 like convictions, don't they? So they want to go home and tell the kids, yeah, today, today I, I sent yeah. I, I sent a man to prison for twenty years. But they don't realize that that man was probably innocent. Oh, I wouldn't be able to do that. I would have lived with that. I wouldn't, yeah. wouldn't be able to live with that. Exactly. You know, it is better to risk saving a guilty man than to condemn an innocent exactly. one. Exactly. Exactly. You know. Well, I mean, as your slogan goes, right? It's defense for every offense. Absolutely, man. Just as we wrap things up, man. Um, yes. Advice mm. on finding the right lawyer. Um, what questions um, should people ask? And um, beyond going down the legal proceedings. What other ways of dealing with something significant would you recommend other options before potentially going down a legal route? See, look, speak to the speak to the lawyer, get a conference with him, and then you can work it out, isn't it? You can work out what someone's like. You should be wise enough. Make sure you read your own case uh, so you know what you're talking about and the lawyer. Sometimes I've had situations where uh, I've known that lawyers will uh, so people have told me this, of course, I've not seen it myself. They've thought that the client hasn't read the full papers, you get it? Oh, and they've right. Just, they've just... They've tried to BS. Yeah, they've oh, tried really? it and they've, wow. got, they've got caught out. So don't be that person. Don't don't be that lawyer. And always read your cases for clients. Read your case so you know you can't be bullshit. too simple as that. And uh, any, any specific questions they should ask? The honest, tell them to be honest. I mean, if someone's just saying, I mean, if you're blatantly caught bank to rights and someone's saying you're going to be all right just simply insulting your intelligence aren't they <laughs> that'll be a red flag straight yeah. away so you know your case better than anyone else so you know if somebody's lying you, you know. get people like that who are just you know huh? these 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 you know potential lawyers who are just really in it just to make money and and, and they'll brother there's so much liars out there they should be called liars not lawyers <laughs> I'll be honest with you, man. I, I don't lie. You know, a lot of people say I, I promise people stuff. I never promise people anything. What I say is, look, exactly what I've said earlier. I'll t I'll give you honest advice of what I think of the evidence, you know. And if you still want to have a trial, I'll have a trial. And I've done that in the past. Where I've thought, I've said to people, listen, you should plead, plead guilty. They said, no, we want to have a trial. I've had a trial. I'm not guilty. And so you told us, you know, you should mm -hmm. plead guilty. I said, look, mm -hmm. yeah, you took the you took the risk, in, and you've got yeah. the reward now. You're gonna yeah. go home. Yeah. I'm still gonna go home regardless yeah, exactly. if you go prison yeah. or not. So doesn't matter to me much. Exactly. So well done, and yeah. well done. Yeah. How do you manage uh, the emotional toll um, that working on these criminal cases? And this job is very, very mentally draining and mentally demanding. Um, the thing is, you never switch off. I never switch off. Even when I'm sleeping, it's like I'm awake. You get you get lucid dreaming, vivid dreaming, like you're awake. Seriously. Yeah, but Alhamdulillah, I think I keep my sanity. Uh, because I pray falls down to that again and again. There couldn't be a perfect, a more perfect note to end 
this interview on. Uh, we began with prayer and we're ending with prayer. Always so, pray, man. Play hard, but pray hard. I remember that. <laughs> and always remember there's a defense for every offense. Absolutely, man. Ahmed, Yakub, thank you so much for your time. Thank Appreciate you for having it. me. Thank you for having and, me, brother. Uh, yeah, man. We look forward to uh, hearing your comments and your thoughts on the podcast on YouTube and wherever else this gets published. Thank you, bro. Thank you, bro.